You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Another edition of Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes football and recruiting podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. David Lake joined, as always, by Gabby Urrutia. Gabby, the season is finally here. College football, real college football, is going to kick off this weekend, starting as we record this on Thursday afternoon, starting tonight. Good old backyard brawl action, Oof. Pittsburgh, West Virginia. Uh, the vibes are already incredible going into that game. Oh, yeah. Uh, plenty of great week one matchups, too, around the country, especially here in state with the rivals, Florida, Florida State, having interesting games. And, of course, Miami and the Mario Cristobal era get rolling as well. Playing host to Bethune-Cookman. Um, so that's what this podcast is going to center around, season opening vibes. But before we jump into that talk, I want to highlight, Gabby, starting on Friday, uh, so if you're uh, a quick listener to the podcast here on Thursday, starting tomorrow, 24-7 Sports is going to offer their biggest sale of the year in terms of a VIP membership to InsideTheU.com. That sale is going to be 75% off a yearly subscription, which I believe comes out to about $26, Gabby, for a year's worth of VIP coverage. Uh, We're giving this stuff away. Yeah, we're just handing it out, right? So jump on board. If you guys are, are a loyal listener to the podcast and have been looking for the right time to jump all in and join the website because, you know, recruiting's going to kick up another notch here and uh, it's going to be an exciting season in general. Take advantage of this deal. This deal runs from Friday to Monday at 11.59 p.m. Um, again, 75% off, $26. They only do this type of sale I think twice a year, Gabby, they do it here at the beginning of the football season. And then they do a similar 75% off deal. um, I think around Thanksgiving. So appreciate everyone who listens to this podcast. If you want to support the website too, and, and jump in and get a subscription, that would mean a lot to us. So let's jump in Bethune Cookman thoughts. Um, You know, I don't think we're going to, we, we respect all opponents here on Through the Smoke. Uh, every team has good players. Uh, every team has good coaches. Uh, but 
with that being said, we're not going to do like an incredible deep dive here on Bethune-Cookman. Uh, we'll lay out some of the things you need to know here on the front end, though. Bethune-Cookman is coming off a 2-9 and nine season last year. They are led by head coach Terry Sims, who is entering his seventh year with the Wildcats. Uh, they recently switched conferences to the SWAC. And you know, I think their focus this year, which is my understanding, it's more competitive than the MEAC, which is where they, they came from uh, previously. So I think their focus this year is just being more competitive in the SWAC, which is the conference, I believe, that features Jackson State, which is now famous because of Deion Sanders leading that program. Um, so yeah, Bethune-Cookman in general is looking to be much more competitive. So how are they going to do that? They have added a lot of transfers uh, from the FBS level um, this offseason. So uh, I think some, some names to know, some names that will be familiar to Miami recruiting fans in terms of South Florida prospects that Miami kind of sniffed around at some point as recruits. Linebacker Rosendo Lewis out of South Carolina. Linebacker Jimon Eford out of Oregon, transferred in from Oregon. Rosendo Lewis transferred in from South Carolina. Both those guys are Deerfield Beach products. Um, their quarterbacks are, you know, FBS level guys. Jalen Jones signed with Florida. Um, some off-field issues, I think, happened there. And so he had to go to Jackson State. I think he was Deion Sanders' first starting quarterback there. Did a solid job in that role, uh, but things didn't work out there between him and Deion for one reason or another. So he's now at uh, Bethune-Cookman. He is a guy that looks the part of a FBS starting quarterback, 6'4", 220, has the athleticism of a Power 5 quarterback. Does he have the skill level of a power five quarterback? You know, that's, that's probably a reason why he is where he is, but he's a big, fast, strong guy. Um, again, signed with Florida, uh, Walter Simmons, backup quarterback, East Carolina signee. Um, I believe he was teammates with Jalen rivers and chance Williams back in the day. Um, Akeem Hayes is a wide receiver. Signed with Kentucky, transferred to Arkansas State, now at Bethune-Cookman. Uh, and then they also have some defensive backs that played at the, uh, the FBS level. I believe their secondary is probably their strength uh, defensively. Uh, and then they returned guys. They returned some talent, too, from last year's team, uh, headlined by tight end Kamari Averett, who is a potential NFL guy. Uh, he's a six foot seven, 250 pound tight end. He signed with Louisville originally, um, but he he produced in a big way for Bethune last year. Was kind of their go to guy in the passing game, and this year he's going to be working with a more talented quarterback. So he should be even more productive. I'm sure that Kamari will want to show NFL scouts what he can do against a Miami-type team on Saturday. Uh, Bethune also returns Quayshon Bird at running back. He's a 5'8", 170-pound, uh, kind of a quick guy. Uh, 
a guy that can make, make plays in the passing game as a receiver. And then on the outside at receiver, they returned Daryl Powell, who is 6'4", 190 pounds, kind of viewed as a, as a downfield threat at the FCS level. I think it's also worth mentioning, too, on the line of scrimmage, uh, on the offensive line, they have two former uh, Power 5 offensive linemen on their roster, Jordan Cardi, who is 6'7", 325. He, uh, comes from, he signed with South Carolina out of high school, and Desmond Daniels, who signed with Louisville at a high school, 6'5", 290. So, you know, there, there are some FBS, Power 5, body types, athleticism on this team. Uh, just some guys to note, particularly, I think, Bethune-Cookman's tight end is a guy that will stand out to Miami fans that watch this game as well as their quarterback. Their quarterback, Jalen Jones, is going to be a guy that looks the part. But um, Miami, of course, should handle business. So let's move the conversation along in that way, Gabby. And let's start here. What is the biggest thing you want to see on offense from Miami in this game? Yeah, I mean, I think outside of, I mean, I, I, to me, I think it's just the obvious answer. I mean, maybe just taking the low-hanging fruit there, but, you know, definitely want to see some downfield shots completed uh, from Tyler Van Dyke, especially early on yes. as, you know, hopefully they get rolling. I mean, David, we talked about this is a 45-point spread, so hopefully Miami gets rolling early, and uh, I think a part of them doing that, of handling business, is, uh, you know, completing some of those downfield shots, maybe getting a Keyshawn Smith involved with a deep shot, maybe a Frank Ladson type, maybe one of the younger guys, but I want to see some of that vertical passing game uh, kind of come alive. And uh, I think that would be a bit, I think that's going to be sort of a, again, you have to consider the opponent, of course. And yes, it is Bethune Cookman, but as you mentioned, a lot of power five kind of fallbacks that are at Bethune Cookman. A lot of guys that, you know, coming out of high school were power five quality players. So you want to be able to, you know, just kind of take advantage of, the opportunity to make some of those big plays. So, I mean, I think for me more than anything else is, uh, you know, let's see some of these deep plays. Let's see some of these yeah. explosive plays and let's rack them up. That's what to me, and, I, and I'm with you hundred percent on that. To me, that's what this first quarter should be about. Um, you know, a Mario Cristobal offense is always going to want to establish the run game. That's going to be the identity of this team in general. So they're going to run the ball a lot. Uh, as they should against Bethune-Cookman, you know, they should be able to do that fairly consistently. Um, and that's a way to, to kind of quicken the game, get out of there injury-free, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I think if we're looking about this team, right, and, and to me, um, you know, of course, it's not a, this, this deep passing game narrative has nothing to do with Tyler Van Dyke. It's all about yeah. building the confidence of the wide receivers. Exactly. And to me, that's what these first two games of Miami schedule is all about. Bethune Cookman, Southern Miss. Uh, you need to build the confidence of these receivers on the outside. You need to generate some big plays and let them believe that they can do it in games because Quite frankly, if these outside receivers can't make plays against Bethune-Cookman and or Southern Miss, how can we expect them to do it against Texas A&M in week three, right? And so that's what these first two weeks, the way this schedule lays out, 
everything's building up to that game. Um, and it it's perfect in that way. So I'm with you 100%. You know, I don't think we're going to see them throw the ball around all game. But to me in that first quarter, I need to see the flashes of, okay, yeah. at least against this Bethune-Cookman style of or level of defense, um, Miami can at least throw the ball around on them. And again, that should only boost the confidence of guys like Keyshawn Smith, Frank Ladson, Romello Brinson, Mike Redding, those guys that are going to get opportunities on the outside. Um, because against Texas A&M, I mean, we don't want to talk too much about that game at this point, but it, in that game, Miami's going to have to make some plays on the outside in order to have a chance to win that game. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I completely, I mean, they're going to, you have to, if they don't do it against Bethune Cookman, they don't do it against Southern Miss, they're not going to do it against Texas A&M. And then you just, again, you're kind of looking at the ACC schedule there. And if they're not doing it against any of these teams, I mean, I, I'm just going to be extremely concerned. So, yeah, I mean, I think they're going to do it. I think we're going to see some of that. So hopefully we get a nice quick glimpse of that early in the, early in the action on Saturday. It's an opportunity to address your weaknesses, right. these games. So, or, or perceived weaknesses yeah. coming out of camp. And so, then again, like what you said, also built confidence. I think that that's huge for that too. Right. Um, okay. And then just quickly, you know, let's make some predictions on this game because I think we expect the bench to be emptied for this game, especially, you know, modern day NCAA, you, you get four games to play a, a player and they can still retain their right to redshirt if they have not already redshirted. So it's a game to uh, empty out the bench in the second half, which means, you know, guys can go out and make plays um, against these level of teams. Um, but still, I want to, I want to just have some fun here. Talk leading passer, leading rusher, leading receiver, you know, understanding that some backups might get more snaps than starters, or at least that's the hope, right? Um, so leading passer, who, who would you, who do you expect to lead the team in passing yards in this game? I mean, I still might go Tyler Van Dyke. I mean, I, I could see I could see it being, you know, Jake, but I'm still gonna go Tyler Van Dyke. I think again, we're talking about those four that first quarter. I think that they're gonna at some point just kind of let it rip. Um, and I think they're gonna want to get Tyler Van Dyke rolling. And I think it's gonna be a priority to get the those receivers some opportunities. So I do think they're gonna take a fair amount of shots and give these guys chances to make plays. So I do think Tyler Van Dyke leads the the team in passing. I agree. I think they need to get some shots set up for Tyler. And Jake, you know, I, I think he'll have a little bit of sh shot opportunity, but, you know, I, I think when he gets in the game, it's going to be more about just kind of run the ball. Yeah. Um, and, I, have a just, I have a quick follow. How long do you keep Tyler Van Dyke in the game for? I mean, obviously it's depending, but if this game goes the way we assume it could, like how long, like wh when do you pull the plug on Tyler? Because again, like we're talking about, like you want him to sort of build that up a little bit against someone else. So how long do you kind of keep him in there before you kind of just say, okay, Jake and Jakari, this is, this half is time. all you guys. Like no matter what you're, you're, you're letting him rip your well, halftime. If it's like, let's say it's, I don't know if it's 35, nothing and there's seven minutes left in the second quarter. Yeah. You pull up then, okay. but you know, 
I think halftime is a fair way to to think about it going into the game. And if it gets out of hand, uh, you know, better than expected, I guess, from a Miami perspective, you pull the plug when when you need to. Um, but I think he needs I think he needs reps. You know, I think yeah. I think it's important to get him out there and get him, uh, you know, in a rhythm with these receivers. Like, of course, you want to protect him. Um, but it's important for these receivers to get in a rhythm leading rusher. This is interesting. I think there's it is. a lot of ways to go here. Yeah. Who do is. you go with? I don't know. I just put out a field. I mean, do we know if Lucia Stanley can play? I don't know. I, don't I just, know. I just put out a feeler, but I thought about it too late to like check earlier. So I'm going to see if I get a response back while we're doing this podcast. But I mean, isn't that what they brought him That's in for? You want to go with? I kind of do. I mean, I think yeah. the, I think the only other person would be Thad. I mean, I think Thad probably. I think they're going to kind of again. I think they're still going to kind of bubble wrap Jalen Knighton. I think it's going to be you know Henry Parrish again. This is me just assuming. I'm not saying I know anything, but I'm guessing maybe they give Henry Parrish yeah, limit. Yeah, they limit Henry Parrish in a way, and then kind of Thad. And again, if Lucius Stanley can play, <laughs> I mean, I have a gut feeling that if he is available, which I don't know yet. Um, I think it could be him. So Lucius over Devon Perry for you. I think so. Okay. Uh, I'll go Thad. You know, I think Thad, I think he still has plenty to prove. Uh, I know this is Bethune Cookman. Um, but I think Thad, you give him 10 to 15 carries. If you give him that many carries, he should be able to do some work, right? So, but I don't think you're wrong. I think it could be Thad. I think it could be Lucius if he's able to go. Like we're talking about NCAA acclimation, right? Yeah. And I think he should be acclimated. It's yeah, just a matter of through, like he went through camp, but that right. day that you were out there, he was still in shorts and like no pads, right? Like right. they had to reacclimate him. But I think Miami was trying to argue that Correct. he was already acclimated. So the fact that right. he was out there is impressive because that day, that Monday, I, I was told like, oh, it's not like he's gonna be practicing or anything right now. We're still trying to figure some stuff out. And then he was out there like the next yeah. day. So I think that there's a chance he could play. I think it's only I think what, there's three a days. I don't know if yeah, it's, a it's week. up to the NCAA. It's kind of it's like uh, you know, paperwork type stuff. So who knows what the how quickly the, the NCAA will be with that type of stuff. Yeah. But I think it could be Thad, I think it could be Lucius, I think it could be Perry. Um, yeah. Is where I don't think I would... it'll be I don't think it'll be Knighton or Parrish. Yes, because as I think they should, you know, you get them a little sweat, get them a little lather, yeah. but you know, you got to protect those guys yeah. um, because the depth is so thin. Um, leading receiver, and, and we're making this yardage, not receptions, yardage, yeah. who you got. I'm going to go Keyshawn Smith just because yeah. I think that he can connect on one of those plays. Lucius Stanley can play. Okay. He's my, he, he's That's my your pick. pick. Okay. That's my pick. Good. So Keyshawn Smith. Yeah, I'm going to go Keyshawn Smith for leading receiver from a yardage standpoint. I agree. And it sounds like he's the guy. I've kind of been hinting at this on the website, I feel. It sounds like he's the guy that right now, you know, coming out of camp, that this staff feels like, okay, if a playmaker does emerge on the outside, it's going to be Keyshawn. I think there's still a question mark there, um, but they feel like if a guy does emerge, it could be Keyshawn. And they've praised him recently about 
practicing well. So it sounds like things are trending in the in the right direction there. Um, and I agree. I think, again, we touched on this already. It's important to build the confidence of this receiver group in this game. And, uh, you know, they should go out and make big plays. Like if they go out and make big plays, that's not, I, I think, Gabby, we should just say this on the front end. If Miami's receiver group goes out and makes big plays against Bethune-Cookman, that's not something to like pound the table about in terms of like being excited. That's yeah. what they should do. Right. On the flip side though, if they don't, that is very, very concerning. Like that, that like concerning. the only thing we can learn quite frankly is something negative Yeah. in this type of game. The positive, we just kind of, and that's, it should be just taken for granted um, because it doesn't really mean much when you go out dominate a team like Bethune that should be expected right. and that doesn't mean much especially it doesn't mean much when we're projecting to week three Texas A&M but it's a hurdle and if you clear that hurdle okay now clear the next hurdle that's a little bit higher in Southern Miss etc all right defense what's the biggest thing you want to see on defense yeah, I think it's just more of like the physicality, the just, you know, a clean tackling game. Again, like there's sure. some there's some offensive talent. Um, you know, I don't want I just really I think that's probably one of my biggest concerns is, you know, obviously I want to see that defensive line kind of roll, but I just want to see like just actually, you know, like really just visibly see that the tackling has been cleaner. And again, this is not the opponent that right. you know, maybe you test this against. But again, I think it's similar to the receivers. Like if it's not good, I mean that's a Yes. Like if you're tackling well, it's like, okay, that's what should be happening. Again, the expectation is that it's a very physical, clean tackling game. I mean, they kind of clean up, but, uh, you know, just don't want to see some of those things that we saw, you know, pretty consistently over the past couple of years. I so think, that- think Jalen Jones, the, the quarterback, is going to test the back seven in tackling yeah. uh, as a runner because he's a big dude. He's 6'4", 220, um, and, and he can move. So, you know, he's got better size than these linebackers, if we're being quite, you know, frank about it. And they're going to have to show that they can get him on the ground. So I think there's something to that uh, in spots. You know, I I don't think every skill player on Bethune is going to test Miami's defense in that way. But still, it's something to watch. You know, this is a blocking and tackling game. Miami was not good in every phase of blocking and tackling last year. So I think that's fair to, to say, Hey, we got to see clean tackling in this game. For me, it's kind of just a basic, like go out and make plays type of thing, you know, make havoc plays. So, um, you know, of course, and and this goes for the offense too. Everything's going to be vanilla. Everything's going to be base. Um, but to me, that doesn't mean that you still can't go out and make plays against this level of opponent. You should be dominating them, quite frankly. You should still be able to make plays. And on the defensive side, that means tackles for loss. That means sacks. That means turnovers. Um, and again, kind of the same principle that we were talking about with Miami on the offensive side. If you can't generate those type of havoc plays against Bethune-Cookman, it's hard to project that happening against power five opponents. Now, 
you know, of course, when you start sprinkling some, some exotic looks that you're going to sprinkle in uh, against power five opponents, some of those havoc plays might come, but still you should be able to dominate on the line of scrimmage, the defensive line against Bethune's offensive line. And once that happens, you get the domino effect of havoc plays, uh, whatever they might be. So um, if we have a game where, you know, similar, like like FSU played uh, Duquesne, right? And I believe they had like one sack um, in that game. Did, did they have a turnover? I honestly don't know. But there wasn't many havoc plays defensively from Florida State. And to me, that would be concerning if that happens against Bethune-Cookman from a Miami perspective. Um, all right, so in this game, again, there's going to be a, a lot of backups getting into the games. And yeah. defensive stuff's tough. Like tackles, like in this type of game, the leading tackler could have like four tackles. Yeah, like, it like could, four or five tackles, right? It could be like <clears throat> five, five guys tied with four tackles, you know? But um, let's start with sacks. I'm curious if you guess correct on this one because I think it's obvious, but go ahead. You think it's obvious? I think it's obvious. Oh, man, now I'm like second-guessing myself. I don't know. Um, God, I feel like there's so much pressure now. You uh, want me to say who I yeah, think it is? No, go ahead. I think it's going to be Nigel E. Kelly. That's what I was thinking, and then I like I, start, I feel like I was overthinking it, and I was <laughs> just like, he's probably going to play like, the whole second half, right? Like, Yeah. I was just like, it's a start. Is there like a, a match on the start with the starters that I'm like not like taking into consideration? So I mean, those I guys that, could as well. I just think Kelly's going to get a pretty. Yeah, I think he's going to get count. a lot of burn, right? Like, I feel like yeah. he's going to play the the whole like second half. Yeah, I think it could be. I mean, I think Nigel Leak's a safe answer there for most sacks. Well, what what's he going to come out here with? Oof. You think he could get ugly? Uh, it depends. I mean, I could see it like. You know, if he, I'm not saying he's going to do this, but if he goes out and gets three sacks, I could see them being like, all right, yeah. we've seen enough. Yeah. You know, like I don't think, but I'll say one and a half ish, two. Yeah. Let's go would, two. Would you put the over, the over under at like one and a half? Yeah. I feel like that. I feel like that's fair. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, again, at that point, like who's, I feel like Nigelik might be going up against the Bethune Cookman backup. So, right. Potentially. Right. Right. And it's just like, yeah, that could get which has ugly. gone well in these scrimmages for him. Yeah, when yeah, he goes exactly. up against these UM backups. So, uh, yeah, and it's an opportunity. Like he does have something to prove. So, yeah, you know, go out there and do it. Tackles for loss. Who would you bet will lead the team? And we're gonna grade these out, by the way, afterwards. Are we really? Am, am uh, I getting? Am I, am I getting tested on these? I'm gonna forget all this tomorrow. Go ahead, though. Yeah, I don't know. I might go, honestly, I don't know. I feel like I'm, I, I don't know. I'm just going to throw Leonard Taylor out there, led the team in tackles for loss last okay. year. I feel like he'll get like some run. One. And I think he yeah. can, obviously, I feel like this is an opponent opponent that he can just kind of like, kind of dominate a game in, and especially on the inside. I like that one. So, I think Leonard Taylor. I'll go Mitchell Agude. Okay. Um, tackles. Again, there could be like five guys tied for the team lead. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to go with one of the linebackers. I'll probably just go with yeah. Caleb Johnson. Yeah, that's who I'll throw too. But you know. like maybe I don't know if he starts, so he might be in that second wave. So he might play yeah. maybe a little bit more than some of these other guys. Uh, yeah, I might go. I'll probably go Caleb Johnson there. I like that pick. I think like Gilbert Frierson might be a good pick too. Yeah, you know, I could see him getting in there a lot. Um, 
All right. If we're going to predict someone to get an interception, who do you go with? I'm going Cam Kitchens. Yeah. He got a lot of picks. Yeah. I I think that's a fair pick. I mean, I would, but just to be different, I'll go Isaiah Dunson. Ooh, Isaiah Dunson. Not not Malik Curtis, bro. The hottest corner on the team. I mean, he's getting a lot of of buzz right now. And yeah, I mean, he could. Um, I'll go Dunson, though. Yeah, let's do it. Special teams. All right. And really, the only thing I want to discuss here is who do you want handling returns? Not who you predict, but like, yeah. who do you think makes sense to do returns? I don't, I'm honestly kind of comfortable with like an Xavier Restrepo type. Like, I feel like, I felt like, I feel like, especially like punt returns. Like, I just want someone safe punt back return. there. Yeah. Punt yeah. return. I think Xavier Restrepo is probably who I want back there. Kick return. I mean, I feel like I'm a little bit more flexible there. Like, you know, I could see, I don't know. I yeah, like Tyreek Stevenson's another one I'd probably just want on on punt. I mean, I feel like Jacoby George is pretty good at times too. Like, let's see what what the deal is with him. Um, My thing is because I don't know about the depth, right? Like a guy, like in terms of kick return. Yeah, I don't know if I love Tyreek Stevenson doing that. No, I don't. I feel I feel like I'm okay with him doing like punt return or something like that. Sure. I don't know about kick return. Sure, uh, and I would say the same about Restrepo and yeah. kick return. Yeah, I kind of want to see. You know, you mentioned Malik Curtis. Yeah. Let's see him make plays in that return role because he that's what he was brought here to really do, right? Did it in high school. Yeah. And uh, you know, that's a way for him to maybe earn more playing time on defense too. If he goes out and makes plays. So I'd like to see Malik. I think Malik can do both. Um I think Brashard Smith could could be a kick sure. returner. Yeah. And then you mentioned Jacoby. Yeah, we'll see if he's available, but I think Jacoby flashed some intriguing ability as a punt returner last year. So if he's available, which I think is up in the air, um, he'd be a guy I'd like to see at punt return. And, you know, whenever he does return, if he's out for this week, uh, I'd like to see him get some looks in that role anyways. Um, prediction for the game. So you mentioned, and Miami's a 45-point favorite. Um what what's the score you would predict in this game i'm gonna go like 52 to 7 dang that's really close i read 52 to 6 wow okay so you have the game as a push yeah i I guess that's a a push i mean yeah i guess so it's just like is Cookman gonna hit two field goals i don't know what their kicking situation's like so are they gonna score a touchdown which is more likely is what i I think late i think a late game touchdown is yeah. is is pro- not probably say probable, but I think shutouts I, I, are tough. Even like yeah, these it's FCS, hard. it's tough. And Miami did it last year. Yeah, no, and I feel like, um, but you it's rare. It, like they have a they have a quarterback who was at one point considered power five level. Like you know they have that time. I mean, I feel like they got some. It's not like just a bunch of like nobodies. I mean, it's just kind of yeah. Power they're five better. Fallbacks. They're more talented than Connecticut State was For last sure. year. Central, sorry, Central Connecticut State, which I did not know was a school until, until that uh, a a directional Connecticut school. I mean, I didn't know that that was a thing. Yeah. There you go. So, again, uh, you know, we'll we'll have the game covered. It'll be fun. I think it's going to be more as well. And I don't know what to say about all of this kind of storyline, but it is a storyline, and I think it's worth mentioning. It's going to be a celebration of Mario Cristobal as the head coach, 
you know, the proud son returns. He is a Miami alum who, you know, while he's never going to verbalize it to the media when we ask him about it, he's going to feel some type of way. He's going to feel emotional when he takes the field as Miami's head coach because this has always been his dream job. And it's a big deal, man, that that he is in this role. So uh, it'll be a fun game, 3.30, ACC Network. Dan Radakovich said they have, uh, I forget the phrase he used. I don't know if he said sold 50,000 tickets or distributed 50,000 tickets, but. I think it was distributed. Yeah, so 50,000 tickets are out there. Uh, season tickets are selling, which is good. Um, go get you guys some season tickets, man. Jump on this, jump on this situation now because it's going to be a fun year if you haven't already. And uh, let's take a break, Gabby, because uh, we have some recruiting stuff to talk talk about in terms of some expected recruits here uh, for the Bethune Cookman game, and it's already time to peek ahead to twenty twenty four. The cycle never stops in recruiting. So we'll take a break now and touch on those things on the other side. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, we are back. Gabby, you already have a little visitor list rolling and, and you know, look. It's Bethune Cookman. So I think any commit, any four star, basically any any recruit that wants to come out for the Bethune Cookman game, that's a nice win for Miami, in my opinion. Uh, but I'm looking at the list. Some decent Miami targets on the list that you yeah. have up on Inside the U. So let's highlight the ones to know. Who do you want to start with? Yeah, I think Ruben Bain is a big deal. And, um, you know, yeah. obviously a guy that's been on campus a lot and has ties to the program and, you know, kind of, again, it, it's Bethune-Cookman. There are some big games going on across the country. I mean, I mean, Utah's going to Florida. In the state. Yeah, in the state. Uh, you know, U- Utah's traveling to Florida. That's going to be a big thing for the Gators. Uh, Florida State and LSU and New Orleans, you know, there is some South Florida kids going up there to watch that game. I mean, there's a lot of different ways that this could have gone. And so for Ruben Bain to be, um, at Miami for a Bethune Cookman game, I think is a is a pretty big deal. What was the reaction to Ruben's, you know, just internally to Ruben's performance against IMG that you heard? Because you and I were out there and Ruben did his thing um, in that impressive win Miami Central earned over IMG Academy. You know, 
I don't know if like there was room for Miami to be higher on Ruben than they already were, but sounds like, well, did you, did you get the sense that their feelings about him were validated from that performance? Oh, oh, definitely. I I mean, there was a group of Miami coaches watching that game. I think at some point, probably around halftime, you know, kind of got together and uh, we're just, we're, we're, we're watching and all that stuff. And, uh, I mean, they they saw everything that happened, and it, I think the overall feeling after that is just like you know, kind of similar to what they already felt. I mean, you're talking about I think validation is a good word. Like, you know, this is a guy that we gotta get. I think that they feel like this is a guy that they're gonna get, and uh, you know, I think it's just about sort of you know closing here down the stretch again. We talked about it before, David. It doesn't sound like he's gonna close this recruitment anytime soon, but I think Miami likes where they're at right now, and uh, you know, they see. They see it, you know, they see Ruben Bain and uh, they know how important he could be, especially when it comes to building up uh, that defensive front. So, uh, yeah, I mean, they were super, super impressed with what they saw from him uh, against IMG Academy. And I think, too, the more we learn about this multiple type of front that Kevin Steele is installing and, of course, Mario Cristobal wants, I think you and I can now see the vision for a guy like Ruben Bain who, you know maybe some might view as a tweener, but I think Ruben has the ability to be a strong side defensive end, or you can kick him inside, use him that way. He he can make plays in both. He makes plays differently in each of those roles. So strong side defensive end, he can set the edge on the run, does a really nice job with his technique in that regard. And when you kick him inside, he is a pass rushing nightmare. Um, uh, for those interior offensive linemen. So, uh, you know, keep pushing the pedal to the metal on Ruben Bain. Who else, who else is going to be there that we need to know about? Yeah. I I think a couple big, uh, um, uncommitted uh, targets. Uh, Christopher Johnson is a name that Miami fans are plenty familiar with at this point, the running back out of Fort Lauderdale Dillard, uh, one of the fastest prospects in the nation, a state champion, both the 100 and the 200 meter, um, has Ole Miss, Clemson kind of coming after him. It sounds like Miami's the team to beat. He's going to be back at Hard Rock Stadium with a couple of his teammates, uh, 2024 defensive back commit Antoine Jackson, who commit, who's committed to the Hurricanes, and uh, the number three overall player in the class of 2025, Armando Blunt, who both play with him at, at Dillard. So I think that's a really big deal that he's going to be back for that. I'm very close to putting in a crystal ball for for Miami. David, you mentioned that sale earlier in the show. I think uh, – I think that'll be a good way to entice some people into, um, you know, getting onto the site. Um, and uh, an- another one, I mean, a pretty interesting name that came up on, uh, you know, our, in- our Inside You subscribers learned about, what is it, on Wednesday, uh, Tyler Williams, the four- the top 247 wide receiver out of Lakeland, Florida. He was right. supposed to be at Ole Miss, I believe, for an official visit this weekend. He's not doing that anymore. He's coming down to Miami to um to watch a game at hard rock stadium and he has been on campus before i believe he was there for that elite prospect day in january when brian mcclendon was still the wide receiver coach i have a photo on my camera of both of them walking together so um you know i think that's a really big deal and again david we're talking about the receivers a lot and what does this exactly look like we've talked about the possibility of you know brandon innes and what miami's trying to do there and then hakeem williams i mean tyler tyler uh tyler williams is another big time uh receiver in the state Mm -hmm. in the state of florida as well so I think that's a, a pretty notable uh, visitor who's going to be down at Hard Rock Stadium. How close is he with Cormani McLean? 
what's your impression there? Cause they're teammates at Lakeland. Yeah, they are teammates. Um, they are, they are teammates now at Lakeland. Obviously a uh, poor Monty McLean was at Lake Gibson, uh, for the first three years of his high school career. So I'm not sure exactly how tight the bond is. I know poor Monty's going to Florida for that, um, uh, that Florida Utah game, but Tyler Williams is considered a Georgia lean and Georgia is hosting Oregon or maybe it's a neutral site game. I think it's in Atlanta or something like that. Yes, He could have gone to Atlanta to watch Georgia and Oregon. Instead, he's coming down South to Miami to watch Miami Bethune Cookman. So um, what does that mean? Big picture wise, we don't know, but these are the first little steps you need to make at this stage of the recruiting process. Really? I mean, there's still three and a half months left and in recruiting time, that's an eternity. Like you have, there's still so much time. Um, so I think it's a, I, I definitely think it's something Miami fans are going to want to monitor and we'll see what the feedback is coming off of, of that visit. And of course there'll be guys, local guys that just decide yeah. to pop into the game. Gabby will be all over it. Um, so again, VIP scoop recruiting coverage, take advantage of that sale. 75% off, uh, September 1st is a big day in the recruiting world because it is an opportunity for schools to officially, well, what is it? Is it official offers, Gabby, to the junior class, the the upcoming junior yeah. class? Uh, I don't know if it's official offers. It's just so they can start basically initiating contact. So, okay. So right. it's because tip before September 1st, if a 2024 recruit wants to get in contact with a college coach, the the kid would have to call the coach in order to okay. have that communication. So now the coaches could start talking to the kids whenever that they, whenever they would like to communicate. So I think it's the first day of what will be their actual recruiting process in terms of just it it. being a full regular thing as it would be with these 2023s. So you have a good article on inside you. Let me say this. I don't know if it's being picked up on the microphone, but landscapers are outside. So if you hear some, uh, lawnmowers going. That's what's happening there. But let's let's discuss quarterback. So who are the early names you're hearing that Miami's going to chase at quarterback? Yeah, I, I think there's definitely a couple to keep in mind. I think the the prize of the class is probably Julian Sand. He's a five star passer out of uh, Carlsbad, California. Trains with Danny Hernandez, who's the same guy that coached up uh, Jake Garcia. And that's someone that's still that's someone that he's still very close with. So I think he's probably you know one A on uh, Frank Ponce, Josh Gaddis's uh, board when it comes to quarterbacks. Um, you also got to factor in Isaac Wilson and uh, Michael Hawkins, both top two four seven passers that each threw at Legends Camp. Isaac Wilson, of course, is a younger brother of New York Jets quarterback Zach Wilson. Uh, so you know, similar in size, not the biggest guy, maybe five ten, five eleven, um, but could definitely throw a nice ball. A couple other names to definitely keep in mind uh, from out of Baltimore St. Francis Academy, which is a powerhouse there in the DMV. Uh, Michael Van, Van Buren, who's I think the quarterback they offered most recently. Um, and then Jaden Davis, who's a five-star out of North Carolina. And then there's a couple more. Air no- Noland, who's a, a guy that visited in the spring with a couple of his 2023 teammates. Uh, he's someone to know. DJ Lagaway is also another um, you know, big time passer and baseball player that uh, is another quarterback to just qu- kind of keep in mind. One thing too, that stands out about looking at this article you put together, Gabby, is it's hard to not notice the IMG Academy players. Yeah. At running back, you have Jarrett Gibson um, at offensive line, Jimothy Lewis, defensive line, 
you have David Stone and Ernest Willer. Uh, I'm sure DB has uh, Ricks, right? Yeah. Desmond Ricks. And Ellis Robinson. And Ellis Robinson. So yeah. IMG Academy, you know, Mario is establishing that pipeline there uh, with this cycle. Francis Maui Goa, Jaded Wayne, Riley Williams, uh, Antonio Tripp. Our commits, they're chasing others um, like Samuel and Pemba. When you look at a 2024, and there's a long ways to go, and yeah. all these guys are going to be pursued by the best, Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, all that. Who, who do you feel like right now Miami's in the best spot with of those 2024 IMG guys? Yeah, um, best spot. I mean, I think you got to put – I think Desmond Ricks and Ellis Robinson are two guys that they've prioritized for a really, really long time. Um, I think though, I think both of those guys could realistically end up at Miami or one of those two could realistically end up at Miami. I know Ellis Robinson talking to him after the uh, Venice game. He's, he's had a lot of great things to say. Desmond Ricks has obviously been on campus. Uh, Jimothy Lewis is another one that they got on campus that I think that they have some legit traction with, uh, you know, Francis Mamago has kind of taken him under his wing. He plays that right tackle spot while uh, Francis Mamago plays that left tackle spot. So, I know I did. I think we were, we were both there at the media day. Uh, Francis was kind of like screaming at him put, to put on the Miami hat and throwing up the U at him. So <laughs> I think, uh, I think Jimothy Lewis is definitely, uh, you know, one of those guys as well. And, you know, I think even like an Ernest Willer who also got down on campus at the end of July, I think that's some, I think Miami's a program that, you know, he's really considering, uh, you know, same with David Stone, even though I think he's probably trending to Oklahoma, but Willer, someone from the DMV, someone that Antonio Tripp has a personal relationship with. And obviously Antonio Tripp is, you know, one of those big time recruiters for the class. So I think they're going to do what they got to do to kind of get Ernest Willer back down. So a, a lot of guys in there. I mean, you mentioned all those, I think, you know, receiver Brandon Winton, who's a, a blue chip guy, at IMG Academy. He's a, he's a legit Miami target. Jonathan Eccles is a, Committed to Tennessee, but Miami's still recruiting him there. And even a safety, Jordan Pride, who's a Florida State commit. And he got down to Miami for the, at the end of July as well. So, so much at IMG Academy. And I think that's, yes. it's so, I think it's, that's why it's so big what they're doing in 2023. Cause obviously a lot of big time talent there in the senior class. But if all, if that big senior class and, uh, you know, so much of them end up going to Miami, I think that sort of sets there's the table. Yep. Yeah. There's a buzz. It sets, it sets the stage for some of those 2024s to be like, all right, like this is the move that the guys before me made. Like this is something I'm going to at least seriously consider. So I think it's a really, really big deal what Miami's doing at IMG Academy right now. And I understand David Stone, defensive tackle yeah. from Oklahoma, trending to Oklahoma. Yeah. Keep swinging on that guy because he 100%. is a beast. He is yeah. so fun to watch at the defensive tackle spot. Uh, let's get out of here on this. Local guys. There's tons of local guys mm -hmm. on this list. Was there a local guy? Not, I don't know if surprise is the right word because you know, like who the big time local guys are yeah. in that class. But is there a guy that you're like, okay, I mean, maybe he's a bigger deal to Miami than I expected. I don't know if I'm phrasing that right, but yeah, just... no, I mean, I, I think, I think that totally makes sense. I, I think there's a couple, I mean, I think on the defensive side of the ball, even when I was just kind of getting some feedback about linebackers, um, linebackers in here. I mean, there's a couple like legit, like linebacker guys that they're looking at. I mean, I wrote here, Miami Monsignor paces, uh, Vincent Shavers, uh, Miami, New Orleans, Jeremiah Marcelin, and then say, uh, for out of Fort Lauderdale, St. Thomas Aquinas, Nicholas Rodriguez was a name I got back from someone very familiar with the linebacker board 
And uh, again, I think that's pretty interesting um, just because, I mean, I think he has a pretty promising background. He's definitely a big time athlete. I think he showed that on Saturday on a nationally televised game when he made a bunch of plays for them, uh, returned a, a fumble for a touchdown. Uh, he's also a state qualifying wrestler. So, you know, he understands how to get people on the ground. And uh, apparently he's like dating Jason Taylor's daughter. I don't know if that's too much information. So I think that's something <laughs> to, I think that's just something to, that was just interesting. So, I mean, you never know what happens there, but he's a legitimate linebacker prospect. So, uh, okay. yeah, I think that, I think those local linebackers, pretty, including local linebackers. TJ Capers and TJ Capers. Yeah. I mean, I think that wasn't a surprise to me, right. but I think these were more surprising, but yeah, it seems like there's four, local linebackers that uh miami's gonna definitely try to recruit Keep so i think that's yep. yeah exactly cool go check out gabby's article uh, everything you need to know about the class of 2024 on september 1st so gabby good stuff again want to highlight 75 percent off that sale starts friday runs through monday um football is back hopefully everyone enjoys watching the football either in person at hard rock or from your couch and you know from your couch you can take in all the all the other games too happening around the country so it's going to be a fun weekend and uh we'll leave it there till next time take care docuseries on Paramount Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean and a woman named Sylvie. To the can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.